Chapter One of April's Lady. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Linda Marie Nielsen, Vancouver, B.C. April's Lady by Margaret Wolfe Hungerford. Must we part? Or may I linger? Wax the shadows, wanes the day. Then with voice of sweetest singer, That hath all but died away. Go, she said, but tighten finger, Said articulately, stay. Chapter One Philosophy triumphs easily over past and over future evils, But present evils triumph over philosophy. A letter from my father, says Mr. Monkton, flinging the letter in question across the breakfast table to his wife. A letter from Sir George? Her dark, pretty face flushes crimson. And such a letter after eight years of obstinate silence. There, read it, says her husband contemptuously. The contempt is all for the writer of the letter. Mrs. Monkton taking it up, with a most honest curiosity that might almost be termed anxiety reads it through and in turn flings it from her as though it had been a scorpion never mind jack says she with a great assumption of indifference that does not hide from her husband the fact that her eyes are full of tears butter that bit of toast for me before it is quite cold and give joyce some ham ham darling or an egg to joyce with a forced smile that makes her charming face quite sad have you two been married eight whole years asked joyce laying her elbows on the table and staring at her sister with an astonished gaze it seems like yesterday what a swindler old time is to look at barbara one would not believe she could have been born eight years ago nonsense says mrs monkton laughing and looking as pleased as married women even the happiest always do when they are told they look unmarried why tommy is seven years old oh that's nothing says joyce airily turning her dark eyes that are lovelier if possible than her sister's upon the sturdy child who is sitting at her father's right hand tommy we all know is much older than his mother much more advanced more learned in the wisdom of this world aren't you tommy but tommy at this present moment is deaf to the charms of conversation his young mind being nobly bent on proving to his sister a priceless treasure of six that the salt cellar planted between them belongs not to her but to him this sounds reasonable but the difficulty lies in making mabel believe it there comes the pause eloquent at last and then i regret to say the free fight it might perhaps have been even freer but for the swift intervention of the paternal relative who swooping down upon the two belligerents with a promptitude worthy of all praise seizes upon his daughter 
and in spite of her kicks which are noble removes her to the seat on his left hand thus separated hope springs within the breasts of the lookers-on that peace may soon be restored and indeed after a sob or two from mabel and a few passes of the most reprehensible sort from tommy entirely of the facial order a great calm falls upon the breakfast-room when i was your age tommy said mr monkton addressing his son and striving to be all that the orthodox parent ought to be i should have been soundly whipped if i had behaved to my sister as you have just now behaved to yours you haven't a sister says tommy after which the argument falls flat it is true mr monkton is innocent of a sister but how did the little demon remember that so apropos nevertheless said mr monkton if i had a sister i know i should not have been unkind to her then she'd have been unkind to you said tommy who is evidently not afraid to enter upon a discussion of the rights and wrongs of mankind with his paternal relative look at mabel and i don't care what she says with a vindictive glance at the angelic featured mabel who glares back at him with infinite promise of a future settlement of all their disputes in their ethereal eyes twas my salt cellar not hers ladies first pleasure afterwards says his father somewhat idly oh freddy says his wife situtious language i call it says jocelyn with a laugh eh said mr monkton why what on earth have i been saying now i quite believed i was doing the heavy father to perfection and teaching tommy his duty nice duty says jocelyn with a pretence of indignation that makes her charming face a perfect picture teaching him to regard us as second best i like that good heavens did i give that impression i must have swooned said mr monkton penitently when last in my senses i thought i had been telling tommy that he deserved a good whipping and that if good old time could so manage as to make me my own father he would assuredly have got it oh your father said mrs monkton in a low tone there is enough expression in it however to convey the idea to everyone present that in her opinion her husband's father would be guilty of any atrocity at a moment's notice well twas my salt cellar says tommy again stoutly and as if totally undismayed by the vision of the grandfatherly scourge held out to him after all we none of us feel things much unless they come personally home to us was it said mr monkton mildly do you know i really quite fancied it was mine what says tommy cocking his ear he like his sister is in a certain sense of fraud for tommy has the face of a seraph with the heart of a hoardy norseman 
there is nothing indeed that tommy would not dare mine you know says his father even more mildly still no it wasn't says tommy with decision it was at my side of the table yours is over there thomas says his father with a rueful shake of the head that signifies his resignation of the argument it is indeed a pity that i am not like my father like him oh no said mrs monkton emphatically impulsively the latent dislike to the family who had refused to recognize her on her marriage with her their son taking fire at this speech her voice sounds almost hard the gentle voice that in truth was only meant by mother nature to give expression to all things kind and loving she has leant a little forward and a swift flush is dying in her cheek she is of all women the youngest looking for her years as a matron indeed she seems absurd the delicate bloom of girlhood seems never to have left her but as though in love of her beauty has clung to her day by day so that now when she has known eight years of married life and some of them deeply tinctured with care the cruel care that want of money brings she looks as though the morning of womanhood was as yet but dawning for her and this is because love the beautifuler went with her all the way hand in hand he has travelled with her on the stony paths that those who marry must undoubtedly pursue never once had he let go his hold and so it is that her lovely face has defied time though after all that obnoxious ancient has not yet had much opportunity given him to spoil it and at twenty-five she looks but a little older than her sister who is just eighteen and seven years younger than she is her pretty soft grey irish eyes that are nearly not black as it is possible for them to be are still filled with the dews of youth her mouth is red and happy her hair so distinctly chestnut at is to be almost guilty of a shade of red in it here and there covers her dainty head in rippling masses that fall lightly forward and rest upon a brow snow-white and low and broad as any greeks might be she has spoken a little hurriedly with some touch of anger but quick as the anger was born so quickly does it die i shouldn't have said that perhaps says she sending a little tremendous glance at her husband from behind the urn but i shouldn't help it i can't bear to hear you say you would like to be like him she smiles a little gentle don't be angry with me smile scarcely to be resisted by any man and certainly not by her husband who adores her it is scarcely necessary to record this last fact as all who run may read it for themselves but it saves time to put it in black and white but why not my dear said mr monkton magisterically surely considering all things you have reason to be deeply grateful 
to sir george why then abuse him grateful to sir george to your father cries his wife hotly and quick and freddy from his sister-in-law brings him to a full stop for a moment do you mean to tell me says he thus brought to bay that you have nothing to thank sir george for he is addressing his wife nothing nothing declared she vehemently to the remembrance that last letter from her husband's father that still lies within reach of her view lending a suspicion of passion to her voice oh my dear girl consider says mr monkton lively reproach in his tone has he not given you me the best husband in europe ah what is it to be modest says joyce with her little quick brilliant laugh well it's not true said mr monkton who has laughed also in spite of herself and the soreness at her heart he did not give you to me you made me that gift of your own free will i have as i have said before nothing to thank him for i always think he must be a silly old man says joyce which seems to put a fitting termination to the conversation the silence that ensues annoyed tommy who dearly loves to hear the human voice divine as expressed by himself first but if that can be impracticable when then by somebody else anything is better than dull silence is he that asks he eagerly of his aunt though i speak of her as his aunt i hope it will not be misunderstood for a moment that tommy totally declines to regard her in any reverential light whatsoever a playmate a close friend a confidant a useful sort of person if you will but certainly not an aunt in the general acceptation of that term from the very first year that speech fell on them both mabel and he refused to regard miss kavanagh as anything but a confederate in all their scrapes a friend to rejoice with in all their triumphs she had never been aunt never indeed even so much as the milder auntie to them she had been joyce only for the very commencement of their acquaintance the united commands of her both father and mother feebly enforced had been insufficient to compel them to address this most charming specimen of girlhood by any grown-up title to them their aunt was just such as one as themselves only perhaps a little more so in lovely creature at all events and lovable as lovely a little inconsequent perhaps at times but always amiable to reason when put into a corner and full of the glad laughter of youth is he what says she now returning tommy's eager gaze the best husband in europe he says that with a doubtful stare at his father why the very best of course says joyce nodding emphatically always remember that tommy it's a good thing to be 
you know. You'll want to be that, won't you? But if she has hoped to make a successful appeal to Tommy's noble quantities, hitherto, it must be confessed, carefully kept hidden, she finds herself greatly mistaken. No, I won't, says the truculent person distinctly. I want to be a big general with a cocked hat and to kill people. I don't want to be a husband at all. What's the good of that? To pursue this object would be to court defeat, said Mr. Monkton meekly. He rises from the table, and seeing him move, his wife rises too. You are going to your study? asked she, a little anxiously. He is about to say no to this, but a glance at her face checks him. You come with me says he instead answering the lovely silent appeal in her eyes that letter has no doubt distressed her she will be happier when she has talked it over with him they two alone as for you thomas says his father i'm quite aware that you ought to be consigned to the dungeon keep after your late behaviour but as we don't keep one on the premises i'll let you off this time meanwhile i haste to my study to pen with the assistance of your enraged mother a letter to our landlord that will induce him to add one on at once to this building after which we shall be able to incarcerate you at our pleasure but not at yours on any and every hour of the day who's don john asked tommy totally unimpressed but filled with lively memories of those spaniards and other foreign powers who unkindly made more difficult his hateful lessons off and on end of chapter one recording by linda marie nielsen vancouver b c